millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Johnny, get angry for an outstanding sporting double for Dennis Pagan. Won it by a length. Twilight Haven. What a ride. What a win. In a cup, we'll never forget. Personal takes the lead for Damien Oliver. His sixth Oaks. Arcadia Queen from last takes the lead. Coming clear. She is the belle of the ball today. Welcome back to our look back on Cup Week here on Cup Week Radio. It's been a wonderful week. And we'll start off with Derby Day. And it is the, the start of four magical days. The highlight, of course, is the VRC Derby. And Matthew Stewart this mm. year will be a Derby. For many reasons, we won't ever forget. First of all, it's the first time ever that a crowd didn't show up for the opening day of the carnival. And then Dennis Pagan, the great football coach, the, the two-time premiership winning coach with the North Melbourne Football Club, won the, the oldest classic in his first season of training. Jeez, it's still hard to believe. The first season of training, dot, 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 at age 73. Yeah. You know, that's the that's kind of the link that tells the story, wow. isn't it? That it was something that he did after his professional life had finished and he went into hobby, hobby, the hobby stage of his life. Yeah. But there'd be no trickier hobby to master than training a racehorse to win a race, as, we're, as our little group is going to try and do at some stage just to prove it can be done. But... I just can't believe it. It's a fantasy, isn't it, Dan? The, the, Dennis Pagan doing what he did—you couldn't write it and have people believe it if it wasn't yeah. if it didn't happen. Especially at that level, even if it was a, a, a Flemington yeah. in May, it's an unbelievable. But to do it in the Victoria Derby is something else. Let's relive the VRC Victoria Derby for 2020. A thunder around the turn and the. It's Ken Zan with Let's Crack a Deal. Young Verda presenting, born to succeed behind those. Johnny Get Angry's tanking up as well. And behind those horses was Saka, El Barado, Wertheimer and Seshwayo. Young Verta at the 300 metres takes Let's Crack a Deal. Johnny Get Angry the outside. It's Young Verta and Johnny Get Angry stride for stride. Then Let's Crack a Deal and Cherry Tortoni from the back. Johnny Get Angry, 100 metres to go and Young Verta. Johnny Get Angry is pulling clear hit the shot late but Johnny get angry for an outstanding sporting double for Dennis Pagan won it by a length second hit the shot from young Verta and they were followed by let's crack a deal token spirit Cherry Tortoni next in the field Seshwayo and then came Ken Zan El Barado well back in the field then was Saka tour of duty Wertheimer Redwood Shadow Cherry Tortoni pulls up quickly and born to succeed at the tail of the field Oh, all I was thinking coming to 600 is just don't wake up. I've just lived this so many times in my dreams and it just worked out that well. And but I just can't, can't, can't explain it. It's out of control, yeah. It's so unbelievable. What about the faith that Dennis Pagan showed in you? Oh, to be honest, I cannot thank him enough. He's, he's been the best thing that ever happened in my career. Um, you know, I wasn't going too good six months ago and this horse is just... 
just kept me getting up in the morning. It's made it so easy, and I just cannot explain the feeling. Like, it's just unbelievable. And what about the horse himself? What a performance. Yeah, look, um, we tinkered with his gear. We put a bit, you know, a bar extension on him. He pinged the lids today, and I was able to just lobby on the favourite. And, geez, coming to the 800, I just couldn't be any more confident. He was just, he's never pulled me in the straight like that. And I just, yeah, I was just counting my blessing to come to the straight, and I just had to go. Holly was getting busy, and... Jeez, I just, I just knew he wasn't going to beat. I thought he was stopping late, but he just gave me the best ride, and I'll, I'll never be able to praise yours. Your first Group 1. Go and enjoy this. Congratulations. Thanks so much. Very emotional moment. Oh, of course, you're on yourself. You've been training for four months. You've stuck fat with young uh, Lockie King. Uh, Explain it to us. You know, oh. I can see the emotion all over your face. Lost for words. You've won Brilliant. premierships. You've dealt with some of the greatest footballers. Uh, you've got a young star jockey and a bloody good horse. It must be massive. Jeez, we I can't can get you. anything out of you. I've seen you abuse media men at uh, football press conferences. We can't well, get a word out of you. Know, it's uh, just amazing, the feeling. I thought I was pretty low-key and uh, handled it. Had a good day, good lunch yesterday. Probably had too much to drink. And I thought, this will, this will just come along. I didn't expect this. And it's happened. It is. Well, let's hope it's the start of many for you. Uh, it's a great thing. You're a great sporting man. You're a great Victorian to win our oldest classic race. Congratulations. How does it compare to an AFL grand final? Oh, well, this is ten times better at the minute, I can tell you. <laughs> Enjoy the moment. Enjoy it with your team. A big result, Dennis. Congratulations. Thanks, Pete. Good. So that was... Johnny get angry winning the, the Victoria Derby. Straight after that, Brittany Taylor from Channel 10 talking to Lockie King and you could hear the emotion in the young man's voice. And then the veteran Dennis Pagan at 73 years of age living his dream, winning the Derby in that emotional interview with Peter Moody. It was the story for mine of Cup Week, Matty, and it came nice and early. Yeah, it was the, the most unbelievable story in my memory of Cup Week and that includes Melbourne Cup wins and yeah. Michelle Payne and Maccabi Dever and all of those and it sort of bumped the Lockie King story yeah. down a bit didn't it because it was such a big as he said to Brit he'd been struggling and this is the thing he needed I think Fred Kersley would have said the same thing had he, had he won on hit the shot instead of running second that he'd had a tough run and that that would have elevated him as well so yeah every facet of it was remarkable but the overwhelming story is Dennis Pagan Dan Oh, it's it's incredible to think that uh, so early on, well, with two horses as well, uh, but with tremendous support, a maiden. So the horse had never actually won a race before. Dennis has only trained one before. Um, Blinker's first time. Yeah, and that in itself, to put him on at the right time, yep. could easily backfire. I suppose Dennis didn't necessarily have a lot to lose, but this race, the Derby, for a not even just a first-season trainer, a trainer that's settled up his first horse less than six months prior. This was a target. So how many horses would have been entered with the uh, potential or possibility of heading towards a derby that don't get there? And one of a, what, 13 or 14 that make the final field is a trainer that's only ever had one winner before and trained for six months, and he actually gets there on yeah. grand final day, let alone winning the race. But that little one percenter with the gear change, like, was, was he a one percenter trainer, huh? No. 
He was meat and potatoes, Dennis. Get your meat and potatoes done, get the fundamentals right, make sure you do that right. Time and time again, we'll just rehearse, rinse, lather, repeat, is what we do with Dennis. But that's how you train horses, too, so there's a little something in that, too, isn't no, I there? Think, I think this, I've been thinking about that, that a lot, the whole Dennis Puggett story since Saturday, and how remarkable it is. And the more I think of it, the more suited he is to this industry, to this job. And mm. not necessarily with a massive team of horses, but just with a few boutique size stable and just four or five horses. That's his go. Mm. He, he plans meticulously. He He's thorough to the nth degree uh, and he, he doesn't have to answer back or talk to anyone about it. Like It's it's a fantastic combination for Dennis. He controls the whole situation. Would he have a whiteboard so well. in the stable and look oh. at the horse and go, are you paying attention? The horse go, he would have. He used to have a fold, <laughs> a, a fold whiteboard and he'd get to the game before before the game and he'd, he'd unfold the whiteboard. There's two massive big slabs of whiteboard and it would be chockers. In all different colours and really well formatted, but it would be chockers full of information because he's he needs to get that out of his head. Now, I don't know how he passes that on to the horse, yeah. but he's found a way. Uh, it's quite remarkable. This is our Melbourne Cup Week review here on Cup Week Radio. You're with Gareth Hall, Daniel Harford, Matthew Stewart, and Dan Malecki. Just quickly, Young Verta was trying to become the least experienced racehorse to win a derby since the late 1890s, basically, at his third race start to win a Victoria derby. He was placed, he loomed as the winner, but he couldn't get the job done. But he wasn't disgraced, Dan. He's got a big future, you would imagine, in front of him. Oh, for sure, absolutely. And uh, and hit, hit the shot as well. A lot yep. of inexperienced classic-type horses in this year's derby. And to be truthful, there was probably six or seven scenarios that were going to produce uh, memorable stories, but probably the best one um, transpired in the end. So that was the staying race, the, the classic, and uh, the three-year-old race that's come a long way during this Melbourne Cup Carnival has been the Coolmore Stud Stakes. This has been a stallion-making race, but a Philly this time around spoiled the party. So September run for Chris Waller, too strong. Straight after the race, we hear from the winning jockey, Craig Williams. Flying award a long way back with Ranting and our Playboy at the 300. It's Anders collared now by Wild Ruler in the middle. Wild Ruler swats that and here's September Run letting down with Mutasira. September Run moves up and takes the lead at the clock tower. Followed by swats that and they were followed by Wild Ruler. September Run driven out and the filly is going to do it again down the straight. September Run wins. Photo second swats that or Wild Ruler. You're here on Cup Week Radio. Gareth Hall, Matty Stewart, Dan Malecki, Daniel Harford. And the great Dean Lester joins us. And, Dino, what about that filly? She loves the straight, but she she made quite a statement on that Saturday to defeat the boys, and she did it easily. She did, Gareth, and uh, she does love the straight, but the only three times she's been ridden quiet have been in Melbourne down the straight. So be interested to see if they do take her you know, back to Sydney or back around a turn at some stage. I mean, the lightning new market are the logical options, but if they do run her around the turn, if they ride her quietly, because that was the thing, they used to ride her more for speed, and since she's been in Melbourne, uh, she's just appreciated those quiet rides. Maddie, what do you think of September run? Uh, just what makes a straight horse... Great, you know, as opposed yeah. to, you know, every time a September run comes along, I always think, why, what is it about this horse that makes it so good up the straight, whereas maybe it's not as good around a corner. But she has got, you know, she's got one of the most lovely, fluent, relentless actions I've, I've seen this spring, and maybe that's part of the, part of the clue. Yeah, it could be, uh, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, I think tactically they got it more right in Melbourne than they did in Brisbane and Sydney as well. 
The other group one there on the day was for the Mayors. It's the Empire Rose. And a roughly from Sydney took out the event, shout the bar for Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott straight after the race. We hear from Adrian Bott as well. Then shout the bar for Leisha needs room down the outside. Pretty brazen and Shayu is launching as well from Mystic Journey. Forbidden Love at the 200 meters. Shayu, Odium lifting the middle and they were followed by Miss Old Mantra and shout the bar. It's Odium shout the bar coming at Forbidden Love. Terrific go shout the bar lifts and may have just won, but it's a photo. Shout the bar, Odium possibly from Forbidden Love. Then we have Shayu prominent not far away behind the Masiago. Mystic Journey and Vanna Girl from Missile Mantra. Next in the field, Felicia Pretty Brazen. Check her for word, a she shall fly. And Natoya, it's a photo finish. Uh, incredibly tough today, the way she kept fighting there. She looked she looked beat on another number of occasions. I love the way she just picked herself up. Um, looks, it looked pretty plain on, on, on paper, a form coming to today, but we've made some genuine excuses for all the way through. But uh, good to see you bounce back today. Blinkers certainly got her back on track, and D Oliver. Yeah, look, that was the key, and uh, yeah, good strong ride for Damien. Just here on, on Tuesday morning, she had a really good look at the uh, coming down the straight for the first time. Got a little bit, a little bit unbalanced, going the wrong league, and so I've been a little bit worried coming in today. So uh, wasn't the best work to come in off, but uh, it's good to see you bounce back. Yeah, and that was Dam- Damien Oliver at his best. He lifted that man to victory in that group one. Well, he did. I think the blinkers first time often when a horse hasn't had them on before, they well, they can't see the other horses until they're either level or gone past them. And she looked like she was going to run closer to last than first at about the 300. So once, uh, and typical of the, the Waterhouse spot horses up on speed, something else eyeballs them or they see them and they fight back. And that's exactly what she did in a race where at the 200, any one of about eight could have won. Yeah. And, uh, Maddie, she she didn't have much luck in the early part of her campaign in Sydney, but, geez, Adrian Bott and Gay Waterhouse, rarely they go without a victory during this week. And they whacked the blinkers on and that turned yeah. around because she'd really been scratchy and average before that, so she needed something. I still think if you ran the race again ten times, uh, Karen McAvoy would knock it shunted down on the fence on Mystic Journey. I know, you know, she almost seemed to have every chance in the straight sort of trying to work her way through the field, but she, I, I think that yeah. if you run it again and, and Mystic Journey's ridden to suit her style, that she would have probably won the race. It was a funny old Empire Rose this year, Dino. Yellong Prince takes the lead, Cascadian diving. Yellong Prince beat Cascadian Rock Age of Chivalry, followed by 50 stars. Next, Olmedo Nonconformist, I am Superman from Streets of Avalon. Then, Best of Days. Further back in the field, Wild Planet Buffalo River. It was a brutal test. Then came Mr. Quickie King's legacy. Well back in the field was the Velvet King and at the tail, at least one of the last Chief Ironside. Yearlong Year Prince won nicely for Chris Waller and he's got a habit these days, especially his record at Flemington, Dan, throughout the carnival is pretty good and um, that was another group one for him this season. Well, that was two for the day because September running Correct. one earlier and then, of course, Fiesta come out and completed a, a treble for him. Yearlong Prince... Hadn't won often, but he'd run a lot of really good races. They've kept him fresh into a mile, this prep. The Epsom form stood up. Um, Rock Wren third, of course. Cascadian. Uh, look, he was good. I mean, I heard, it's, you know, funny stories from people that had back Yulong Prince and they felt confident he was home with Cascadian chasing him. But to be fair to Cascadian, I thought he ran well and he has a number of times this prep and a couple of times without luck. But um, Yulong Prince... 
Damien Lane as well. I, I, would you have said he'd had a, a sort of lifey spring before then? Quite spring. So. Yeah. Well, he did win with Pippi, of course, at Mooney Valley in the Maticato Stakes, but it's been a, a spring, a, a frustrating spring for D Lane, and he sets high expectations for himself because of the success that he had, say, that previous season where he won a slip-up. Caulfield Cup, Cox Plate, and Japan. rode the favourite in the, the Melbourne Cup and dominated Japan like no other real international jockey has in a small amount of time that he spent over there. So um, it was good to see Laney get that Group 1 victory. And, Dino, it was it was a truly run Group 1, which was great to see. Yeah, we've had a bit of that this week, which has been good. And, uh, yeah, Yulong Prince, uh, who won the 1,800-metre race for Melbourne Cup Day last year, obviously got a liking for Flemington. And with Damien Lane, I felt for him a bit in the, as you said, he's had a light his spring, but you often sow the seeds for spring in June, July, August, and he was doing that by riding in Japan, and then the Japanese horses didn't come. So I think he probably uh, he lost a few of his contacts and had to just sort of chip around the edges a bit. On Derby Day, outside of the Group 1s, Dan, I always love the the Hotham, the, the race that helps, of course, well, a horse, if Ashram. you win, yeah. you, you, you get into the Melbourne Cup. And this time it was the German galloper, Ashran, that won himself into the Melbourne Cup a couple of days out from the great race. Yeah, the last horse in uh, yeah. and uh, for Andreas Waller. Uh, and he ran a good race on Tuesday, too. He was running through the line. He just got too far back from barrier 23 and, and had too much to do. So uh, he, re- he, he, he certainly didn't disgrace on the backup on Tuesday. And I think the McAvoys have got a filly there with Victoria Key, who was too strong in the wakeful. Oh, she's been my favourite for the week because I, I backed her. So she was, uh, yep. she was very good. Uh, she had, she had a beautiful run, but she won well. And yeah, she's a, uh, she's a, you know, an Australasian Oaks or maybe even an, uh, an ATC Oaks filly in waiting. I would have thought. All right, then we'll go around the panel. Your favourite moment there on Derby Day to wrap it up, Dan Malecki. Oh, look, it'd have to be the Derby. Uh, but just on reflection of that wakeful. Uh, the last three years, the two winners that have gone in have won the Oaks. And this year, the first horse home that, that ran in the Oaks won in personal. Yep. So, D. Oliver, uh, Waterhouse, the usual players, but you can't top. Um, no. Well, Chris Wallace, uh, treble, two group ones, but you can't top Dennis Pagan. Pagan becomes folklore now. Like this, Racing stories don't yep. often become absolute folklore. And this is 100 years down the track, they're going to be talking about the legend of the 73-year-old footy coach who trained the derby winner. And the fact that there's a king involved in both of his dominance yeah. of, of different sports. Wayne Carey, the king, of course, at North Melbourne, and Lockie King, his young jock on um, on his winner. So that's a fantastic part of the Dino. story. Yeah, no arguments here. Uh, absolutely, yeah. It was, it was a phenomenal story. A two-kilo claimer to win a, 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 one of our classics. Yeah. All right, then, let's move on to the first Tuesday in November. There's only one race on Cup Day. It's the great race, the Lexus Melbourne Cup. Let's relive the moment. Twilight payment at the 300 metres. Still three legs. Finch, Tiger Moth, the chosen one, running on with Russian Camelot and Persan. Twilight payment tries to break their hearts. Tiger Moth wearing him down with the chosen one. It's Twilight payment. Tiger Moth still trying to get there. Twilight payment. What a ride. What a win. In a cup we'll never forget. So that was Jai McNeil winning his first Melbourne Cup aboard Twilight Payment, and that gave Lloyd Williams his seventh Melbourne Melbourne Cup as an owner. And young Joseph O'Brien, at the age of 27, that was his second Melbourne Cup as a trainer straight after the race. This was a terrific interview from Channel 10's Brittany Taylor, catching up with the boy from Kundrook, Jai McNeil.
On tipping, it sounds pretty good. Uh, Joy, you've had a moment to compose yourself after speaking with Rick. Congratulations, mate. Coming back to scale. Can you believe that you've just become a Melbourne Cup winning oh, jockey? Not at all, Michael. I've got goosebumps. Uh, first and foremost, uh, I'd like to thank Joseph O'Brien, Mr Williams and the whole family for the opportunity today. And um, I'm absolutely stoked I could pull it off. How did the opportunity come about? Um... My progress over winter, I think Mr Williams was quite happy with, so that obviously led to a, an opportunity today and um, a lot of hard work obviously getting to this stage and, uh, yeah, I couldn't, couldn't be more impressed with, uh, with how everything's played out. And it was a bold move to lead throughout. Did you ever second-guess that when you are at the top of the straight? No, because that was always, well, probably plan A um, and... It was more a little bit of pressure on me just to get it right, and um, thankfully it all, it all came off. And to your partner Jess, uh, you've had a little boy this year. Year, yeah. How good is 2020 for you and Jess in a year? Most people would like to forget. What do you think's going on at home at the moment? I hope she was cheering, but uh, <laughs> I'm tipping. I'm hoping also that Oakley was awake. He, he probably could have been asleep, but um, no. Talking talking about them really makes me emotional, and um, yeah, I'm sure they're very happy. Do you think it's changed you as a jockey, becoming a dad? Um, I don't think so, not too much. Um, obviously, that's away from work, and Jess does a fantastic job with him, but um, I couldn't be more proud to be a dad. And how long have you been dreaming of this moment? Since day one. Yeah. Yeah, since before I could ride, and uh, it was a, a very um, surreal feeling crossing that line. And where are your family watching from today? Well, I'm tipping mum's glued to the TV at home, but... Um, I'm sure Dad will be watching from his throne on the tractor. He had a bit of hay to do today. But, um, yeah, no, they'll, they'll be watching and they'll be also very proud. Well, you have etched your name into the record books. You are now a Melbourne Cup winning jockey. Not only that, you did it at your very first ride in the race. Yeah, not a bad effort. Well done, Joy. Enjoy <laughs> the celebrations. Much. Appreciate it. Yeah, that was Joy McNeil catching up with Michael Felgate from Channel 10 after winning his first... Lexus Melbourne Cup and Dino we know that you're emotional during the spring ticket and cup week radio after that race the Melbourne Cup but just listening to Jai McNeil you can't you can't not love him the way that he um he goes about his his job and the way that he represents himself yeah that's very true uh Gareth he's a, he's a very easy sell to uh connections uh he, he one he rides very well but two he presents extremely well and uh and you know he you know, does uh all the right things and uh he prepares you know as uh elite sportsmen do he, he's he leaves nothing uh to to chance and uh and Tuesday he got his ultimate reward you played a major part in Jai McNeil of course getting the ride and just explain to our listeners for our our Cup Week review here regarding him getting the ride on, on Twilight Payment. Well, it came about actually. Uh, Lloyd Williams uh, had rung me uh, just uh, with a few health issues I've had over the past year. Rang me to see how I was going, and uh, we got sort of chatting on a semi-regular basis. And then he just out of the blue was saying that the uh, international jockeys, there's no chance that they, are, you know, with the the uh, way lockdown was going to be, there'd be no chance they'd come out for the Melbourne Cup, and uh, he'd be looking for riders for his horses, and so would Coolmore. And he said, "Who would you recommend?" And I. Uh, he 
probably mulled over it for about a, a week, I suppose, and then he rang me back and said, uh, I think Twilight Payment would suit that uh, young man. I've, I've been watching him ride, and uh, would uh, you be able to tee it up? So I rang Reese Murphy, uh, Jai's manager, and the deal was done. And then race day morning, and these words will live with me for a long time after the race, Dino. Just explain that phone call you had with him on race day morning there before the Melbourne Cup. Yeah, well, we usually touch base the day before and, and it's just uh, a little bit of revision or, you know, a little few, uh, you know, little points uh, that, to, you know, remember about each race. And uh, and when we were talking about the cup, I said, uh, you know what your instructions are, you've just, you've just be brave. Just that's all you're going to have to be uh, because uh, you're going to have to do something that uh, hasn't been done since Might and Power. And, uh, and that was the sort of sense of history of it. And I said, you're going to have to do something very special and so just be brave. Yeah. And he was and exactly great words. that. Yeah. Uh, they'll be re- You're right. Those words, for those that listen to that interview post-race and, I won't forget and have been following that story ever since, we'll, we'll not forget those words in a long time. Just be brave. Because we saw exactly what the outcome was when yep. he was. It was just magnificent. And it must be extra satisfying, um, Maddie, when you hear that story from Dino, but actually to, to pull it off and to do it in our greatest race and to, to be rewarded for that bravery, for being brave. Exactly, and then, and then you get to see Joy McNeil. He's just—he's so damn likable. Hmm. He's such a nice, yeah. good-looking, nice young guy with a lovely, beautiful wife and a beautiful—I mean, they're just the perfect little picket fence family, aren't they? They're just yeah. so lovely, the whole family, and uh, and even Joseph O'Brien. I know he sort of probably had a more. Uh, solid start or a starting point than Dennis Pagan, but Joseph O'Brien, two Melbourne Cups at the age of 27, and compare that to the Dennis Pagan story at the age of 73. Well, considering his dad's been trying for all these years too to win yeah. one, and Aiden's, you know, his royalty in the world of the trainers across the globe, and he still can't win one, and he's been pipped a he's couple of times by his boy. Times. Yeah, that's yeah. right. He's been pipped by his boy, who's, who's only 27. Oh, I think that's an undersold part of the story. Now, Jai's mm. brilliant, and, and Lloyd Seven is, is great for um, Australia because of the investment he's made into the Melbourne Cup and made it a really cool thing and people for something to aspire to to win the Melbourne Cup and he's certainly been the, the cheerleader for that and, the, and the, the crusader for that but I think the Joseph O'Brien story is magnificent yeah yeah, he's got a good leg up, no, no doubt about that but to win two two times our greatest race at the age of 27 when trainers trained for years to, just to get one in the race I think it's quite phenomenal. It's like getting beaten in, you know when you get the pool table out the back and you get beaten by your 13 year old kid at pool in the, in the pool room <laughs> out the back, it's like Jesus, you yeah. know? It sucks. And then he does it again. Aiden to be flat. There's no doubt. Poor Aiden. And I I think Aiden's such a competitor. He wouldn't like Joseph B. Maybe the first time they were over the moon, but the second time, I think, deep down, he'd be saying, oh, kid. That's enough. (laughs) That's enough. The dark side of Aiden. (laughs) Um, Um, Prince of Aaron was a good story, too. Terrific story. She was the traffic story, but not her fault, Jamie Carr. Um, But... Just, no. I think the Anthony Van Dyke incident, may, she may have copped a bit of a ripple out of that. And just before we... And, and I just want to touch on Lloyd Williams as well. Like, that's his seventh Melbourne Cup. I, he's got a handy buffer, Dean. I don't <laughs> think anyone will catch him. I'm coming. Yeah, well, yeah, I haven't started well, yet, Lloyd. Well, yeah, well, he doesn't know the juggernaut that's about to chase him. <laughs> Lester, Lester Harford Racing. You betcha. Uh, this juggernaut could, looks a lot like the Partridge family yeah. bus. I think it, it could be one of the part owners by the sounds of it. Yeah. So, you well, know, hopefully. there's still a chance that you could extend We'd it. We'd have to put it. Uh, if you're coming with us, Lord, it can't be in your name because we can't let you have the 8th Melbourne Cup because it would be impossible <laughs> for us to catch you. I thought Tiger Moth and Very Elegant, those runs behind 
um, the winner there, Twilight Payment, were very good. Dan? They were. The Chosen One and Purse Hand. I mean, yeah. the Chosen One's run out of his skin in the two biggest races during the spring, two biggest handicap races. And Purse Hand, from where he's come from, to finish so well and perform so well right through the year, that in itself was a, an amazing story. Yeah. I mean, he was punching, I would have thought, well above his weight. And here they are, realistically, they can target the Melbourne Cup in 12 months' time. If you think of all the, the great training accomplishments of Kieran Ma, like the... The grand annual winners when he was in his 20s and Strakandy winning those big sprints and all that. Uh, Jamaica, this is the this is probably the most yeah. extraordinary achievement of his career is this horse that ran fifth in the Melbourne Cup, I would have thought. And, yeah, and I think it's going to be the new way. I think that uh, horses will race a lot more through winter like that, like he did. I know they won't have to come through the grades, but I think uh, the European horses are racing through that time frame and I think our horses will do that a bit more too. And we yeah, have to and touch that's, on... It's served him well. Yeah. Um, and Danny O'Brien did that with Val and Declare. They want to have a European type of preparation towards our Melbourne Cup. A lot of the Australian trainers are doing that now, Dan, at the moment. Well, even and that's exactly right. We've seen that with Surprise Baby, although Correct. that might alter going forward. But keep in mind those qualifying races, the Henry Ramson and the Bart Cummings, now the horses that have won those, have gone on and performed yep. really well in the last couple of Melbourne Cups. Anthony Van Dyke, we have to touch on this story. Sadly, he lost his life in the, this year's Lexus Melbourne Cup. We had a chat to Amanda Elliott on Cup Week Radio. It's a, a situation that the board met with, I think, after the Cup on the Thursday. We can't let this continue to happen. It was unfortunate for everybody involved, but um, it's, a situ- it's a situation, Matthew, that needs to be looked at strongly by everybody in the industry. Uh, well, I think the next few days are going to be really interesting about what, after the review of two years ago, what 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 are they going to do? What are they going to yeah. think about? What's the focus going to be? I think onus on trainers who are coming out here, maybe, I know Terry Henderson's of this view and even Amanda Elliott suggested it earlier, is um, get them out here earlier, a lot earlier. So there's obviously a few things that can be done to try and make it less likely to happen. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Want to hear more of other people's problems? What's wrong with you? Schadenfreude is not an attractive quality. One that I've got in spades, though. We all like laughing at everyone's problems so you can laugh even more. When you hit the Husey, we have a problem podcast find it wherever you get your podcast you're listening to cup week radio's review of melbourne cup week you're with gareth hall daniel harford dan malecki matthew stewart and the great dean lester and we're up to oaks day let's relive the classic for the three-year-old fillies it's Montefilia and Exalto Angel and Personal running on. Montefilia on the inside, Salto Angel. Personal, Salto Angel, Personal. Personal takes the lead for Damien Oliver. His sixth Oaks, one by a length and a quarter. 
So that was Damien Oliver's six oaks. It was a great ride on, on personal. Before we have a chat about Damien Oliver and the, the filly from Lindsay Park, let's hear Damien Oliver catching up with Brittany Taylor after his success in the oaks, which was his 118th Group 1 success in Australia. I wasn't that confident, no, until probably inside the last 200. I thought it was a real chance, but um, I've got to pay a lot of credit to... Um, uh, young Ben Hayes and also Tom Dabnick. They've done a, they've, they've really managed her prep well. She hasn't been over raced and, and she's peaked here today. So, uh, great effort by their team. Congratulations to you. Group one, number 122. Never get sick of them, eh? Uh, good on you, Rick. Thank well you. Well done. Yeah, he's the GOAT, Damien Oliver, and he's just one short of George Moore's record of 119 Group 1s, of course, in Australia. He's had 122 Group 1s worldwide. So there's no better, Dino, no better. And um, next to your home, what's next to it? Uh, the uh, GOAT emoji. <laughs> <laughs> and he is a superstar. That was a gem of a ride. It was Oliver at his very best, wasn't it, aboard personal? Uh, it certainly was. Uh, and what I liked was that on Saturday, on the Saturday in the Wakeful, she flew the gates and he put her in a great spot and he gave her the perfect ride. She didn't win, but he decided, well, can't ride her the same way, you'll get the same result. And that's what a lot of people do. And he just rode her about three pairs further back, gave her a chance to come into the race. And it was a truly run race again as it was on the Saturday. So he just, uh, he learned from that uh, ride on the Saturday and, and got it right on Oaks Day. And once again, Dan, the Wakeful was the, the form race for the Oaks. Yes, it was. Well, the winner didn't go on, but the previous two winners of the Oaks came yep. through the Wakeful and um, and Personal uh, backed it up. I suppose there was a query on her staying uh, the trip, as there would have been for nearly the majority of the field, but uh, she was the strongest at the line in a genuinely run race. And she's been in all the classics, Blue Diamond, Golden Slipper, come through the 1,000 guineas, so yep. she's touched all of the big races and performed well in the majority of them and, and then comes out with a classic win. And Montefilia, she was the odds-on favourite, well-supported. She was coming off two consecutive Group 1 victories during the Sydney Spring Carnival, Maddie. But she had a, a lovely run, and Huey Bowman, after the race, said she simply didn't stay out the trip. Yeah, and for the price she was, she, she hadn't raced since the 10th of October. She'd yeah. been running in Sydney, uh, their way of going and all that sort of stuff. And then the, the wakeful form is such a smooth transition. I, I, I think there was that smooth transition that sort of prevailed on the day against just that uncertainty of the, the 20, 25 days or whatever, and then going left-handed for Modophilia. So, but I, I think the, the lovely story was the contrast of Ollie's experience versus Tom and Ben's you know, first group one without David, and 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 I think yeah. Ollie was really keen to make mention of the fact that to highlight what they had achieved, the two young guys. So. And Oaks, Oaks Day, outside of the Oaks, they had the Country Cup, and I think it's become a pretty handy race day, Matty. How would you assess it? Well, the Country was, Cup, I'm a big fan of. Yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah, 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 and oh, good money. I mean, Julius Sandu, who's made him on down Cranbourne Way trainer, for him to. You know, he'll be, he'll be still over the moon. Like, yeah. He'll be over the moon for a long time, Julius. You know, talk about guys who have done stuff that, you know, he, he had a diff, completely different career, of course, going yeah. right back. So, um, yeah, no, uh, it, it's a I think Oaks Day needs one more dollop of quality somewhere. Yeah. I don't know what it is or how they'll do it, but uh, it's it's short. And this, this race meeting is a beneficiary with the McKinnon being run on this day. But, uh, um, yeah, you yeah, know, it's... Uh, it, Lovely race, though. Love the Grey's race as well. 
Love the Greys race. And John O'Shea had a double on Oaks Day. He did with Huey Bowman and races yeah. five and six. Ancestry's win down the straight was pretty good, wasn't it, too? Yeah. Phil yeah. Stokes has, I think, has got a bit of an opinion of this. Michael Poy announces himself again. It's a it's a nice run from Ancestry in the Century Stakes. Yeah, Ancestry might be a horse, Dino, that you can follow, and he could be a graduate of the Melbourne Cup Carnival. I know that he, he won nicely on, on Cox Plate Day, but he could elevate himself up the ranks next next campaign. He's going to be a lightweight chance in a uh, Oakley Plate, and you know Dosh winning the Ottawa Stakes too. Stakes race first start, rich enough filly. Uh, she was going to win easily, and all but threw it away. She's a good filly, I think. Uh, and you know she learns just to go straight and finish off her race. And written is a beauty. Written, written beauty. Written beauty for Team the last. It was a get out stakes, wasn't it, for oh, all of us? We were on a rough day. But we got it. Got her home. Dollar eighty five. Oh, a beauty. A beauty. And we move now to Stakes Day or McKinnon's Stakes Day. And, of course, there's two feature Group 1s. The first of the Group 1s was the Star uh, Darley Sprint Classic. And it was a duel between two horses coming off efforts in the Everest. Nature's Trip looking to defend his title in the Darley Classic, taking on a, a horse that dominated the new market in the autumn down the straight at Flemington, of course, Bivouac. Here's the call from Matty Hill. Heading towards the course proper with 550 metres to go. It's Nature's Trip held together by two lengths. Haydock, Fabergino, Zutori, Tafane. Then came Bivouac about to unleash from Graf Libertini. Stand out and Santa Ana Lane. Nature's Trip, 300 metres to go, being nursed by McDonald. Still out clear by about two and a half lengths, but Bivouac is chasing hard now with about 150 metres to go. It's Nature's Trip and Bivouac who explodes. Bivouac with a powerful display. Oh, what a spectacular win. Dominant four legs, Nature's Trip, Libertini. They were followed next in the field by Zutori. Haydock and Graf from Tafane. Standout, Santa Ana Lane and Fabergino. Wowee, that was suck. Um, I think he surpassed his effort there in the new market. And that was career best for mine today by Bivouac. Yeah, and that's a, that's a pretty high benchmark, isn't it? A Golden Rose winner, uh, as you said, Newmarket winner, great run in the Everest, but today probably uh, did surpass all of those performances. Now, we had a chat to Vin Cox on Cup Week Radio as well after that race, and Vin pointed out that he might head to the Northern Hemisphere and compete at Royal Ascot in those sprint races, Dino, and I think he would he would definitely do Australia proud. Uh, he would. Uh, he would. He's, you know, he's seriously good sprinter, and uh, yeah, he wouldn't be going there on a whim. He'd be going there as more than likely the, you know, a favourite to win one of those uh, races. Glenn Boss is a big time. He loves the the big stage, and he caught up with James Winks after um, riding Bivouac to success in the Darley Spring Classic. Well, Bossy, we might just let you do the talking, mate, because that looked very, very easy. Yeah, I'm very privileged to be sitting on this very good cult. Um, wow, everyone knows how many great cults I've been associated with in my career, and this one's right up there with him, I tell you. He's a um, very, very special animal. Um, obviously, I've got to say a big thanks to James and all the team, you know, Vinnie Cox, the whole team at Godolphin, obviously, giving me the chance to ride this really special cult. Um, yeah, he's just, he's just a very unique... Unique individual. He's just got everything that a very good culture to have. He's got a great demeanour. He just takes everything in his stride. Uh, he's just an athletic cult. He's no, still he's well. He's nearly as good looking as you, I'm telling you. <laughs> but listen, he's just he's just such an athlete. This horse, and you just don't see him win like 
Newmarket Sway one and a Daly Classic like that. They're good horses. They're not this, but there's a there's a sprinter of the year right beside him, and uh, he just went straight past it and said, "See you later, boys." And uh, I'm just very blessed. And one thing I'd like to say, you know, I'd like to give out a big shout out to all the wonderful people behind the scenes. You know, the people who look after these amazing animals so that we can sit here on these great days and win group ones. It's all fan, fantastic, but all the stable hands, everyone behind the scenes that just looks up. And it's not a job for most of these people. It's a love affair with the animal. So I really like to say thanks to all those people behind the scenes because you don't get acknowledged enough. Um, it's, I know it's hard work, but I'd like to thank all of you just for allowing us to do what we do on these on these great days, especially on Flemington Carnival. It's amazing. I think Bossy the best. Have, have a look at him now. He's just well, this is unbelievable. Could, like his recovery is outstanding. I could take him back down to start now, yep. and I guarantee he could he could run in 30 minutes and, and probably run better. Um, but that's the that's the that's what these great cults a great great looseness about them. Um, they're athletic. They just they just know their job. They know their role. And you see, he's not culty. Um, he's got a pony beside him. He doesn't give a re- he doesn't care. You know. <laughs> um, Geez, he's going to be very sought after at, 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 when he makes his uh, debut in the bar on this bloke. He's, they'll, get, they'll be lining up to get involved. All right, bossy. Well, mate, it looks like it means a lot to you. Well done, mate. Enjoy it. Yeah, I just love riding these great colts, mate. Good man. Well Thanks. done. Yeah, well done to Glenn Boss, and nature's trip was brave, Matty. He, he set the pace, and he never gave up the fight, but was just bound, beaten by a better horse today. Yeah, look, I think the mystery's disappearing about nature's trip now. We now see him clearly for what he is almost, yep. don't we? So the, all the hype of him being this indestructible machine and the next black caviar and the world champion sprinter, I think we now see his limitations quite clearly, and there'll be a day, but, you know, they don't, they'll probably be one in every four rather than three in every four his day, won't they? The other feature of the group one on the final day of the carnival was the McKinnon Stakes as a wait for age contest over the 2,000 metres worth $2 million and it was the battle of the two queens, one from New Zealand in of course Melody Bell taking on the, the queen from WA, Acadia Queen out the bar, went for home, early in the straight at the 300, two lengths, Melody Bell, 50 stars, Arcadia Queen running on, shout the bar, tiring 50 stars, Arcadia Queen launching then, Melody Bell, they've got to shout the bar, Arcadia Queen from last, takes the lead, coming clear, she is the bell of the ball today, Arcadia Queen, two lengths, second 50 stars from Melody Bell, and fourth in the race, shout the bar from Harlem, Mr. Quickie, Dallas San Mirage dancer, Skywood last. Now, William Pike had to leave Melbourne yesterday so he could get into spend two weeks in quarantine so he would be available to ride Bob Peters' horses on Railway Stakes Day, which is the biggest day in WA racing, which meant it gave Luke Curry the opportunity to ride a Katie Queen in the McKinnon Stakes, and he was a pretty happy jockey when he caught up with James Wink straight after the McKinnon Stakes there after he won on Acadia Queen. She's a weapon, Wincy. She um, was a bit busy. There was a bit going on early and um, just let her take her time, sat back. She she can, she they can go overly hard and she can truck on a bit. You've seen that last time when she caught heels and so I was a bit mindful that I didn't want to really start her but um, 
spoke to Pikey the other day and he said it uh, doesn't matter where she is, if she's travelling up, she'll come out, she'll be too good for him and uh, he was spot on. It was quite arrogant, I just love the way you just trusted your mare, like, like you said they went slow but you let them do the work on the circle and you just produ- produced her and she was, like I said, she just really smashed it, didn't she? Yeah, she got in that, that, that three wide with cover line um, and slowly working forward which I which worked out perfect for her and, um, and her, her style. Like to thank um, to thank uh, Mr. Peters and uh, and uh, Grant Alana for um, for giving me the opportunity today and Willie Pike for having to go back to uh, Perth. So thanks very much. Uh, I'll uh, I owe you a beer, or I don't think he drinks, so we might try and find a Red Bull. Because <laughs> he needs it. Look, mate, it's no uh, hiding. You've had a bit of an up and down last year, but the highs overtake the lows for sure, don't they? They do. This is, um, you know, these days of what it's all about, and um, and uh, you know, there's plenty of there's plenty of lows in racing, but um, gee, the highs are high. You better say hello to Sophie and the lovely kids. Yeah, yeah, the beautiful, uh, my beautiful wife. She's had to put up with me for the last couple of weeks. I couldn't say I've been the easiest to live with, so. Um, I'm sorry about that, but uh, yeah, we've uh, we've uh, got the chocolates today, and uh, but two beautiful daughters at home be watching. Right up, mate. Enjoy it. Thank you. See you, mate. Yeah, well done to Luke Curry, and this is Grant Williams catching up with Michael Felgate after Acadia Queen's victory in the McKinnon Stakes. What does she mean to you, Acadia Queen? Oh, look, it was hard work uh, early, obviously, but um, yeah, we had a few issues with her. It's just. I didn't think we were going to get to this stage, and it's just a its a credit to the horse to be able to get through, and this is one, two group ones over here. It's great. Those issues, feet issues, are they the main problem that you've had with her? Yeah, look, I think we're on top of them, but I'd never like to say we are, but um, she'll go home and have a nice break now, and, um, you know, hopefully we can come back, and she might be in a little bit better nick. I haven't. Bob will make the decision, but uh, hopefully we get another cracker coming over here with her. You've trained a lot of good horses for Bob Peters. Could she be the best? Yeah, obviously she'd be the best. Um, yeah, she was a really good three-year-old, and you know she's had a few issues along the way, but just to, to do what she's done and come back and win those two, it's, it's just great. Great ride from Luke Curry. Willie Pike had to miss out. He had to go home, but the pressure was on Luke, and he delivered. Yeah, look, a great ride from Luke. The he, he, um, main thing was that we settled her early, and if we could do that, we could get home, and like, I thought he rode a great. And do you want to say anything to uh, Alana and your daughter especially, who is waiting for Dad to come home we'll after home four Tuesday. months? <laughs> yeah. I bet she's missed her dad. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, good on you, Grant. Great way to finish the carnival. Thanks, Grant mate. Williams. Uh... Yeah, he'd be missing his family and they'll be missing Grant. And it's emotional for Grant because obviously he's had to sacrifice a lot four or five months away from his family and he can't go back because of COVID-19. So, um, and to do what he's been able to achieve with that mare has been quite extraordinary with the issues that she had at the start of her preparation, Maddie. Perth must be some place because the the, the, the the comments from Willie Pike and Grant Williams over the course of the Spring Carnival have been the greatest advertisement for Perth because even though they're over here in this big carnival, they were homesick right from the start and they, they you know, a lot of the young, you know, some of them had young families and so on to get back to. So it's been a bit of a an arduous journey, really. It's been a long, a long stint as well and... As I said before, I think she's the she's the, she's the number one horse in this country, yeah. Arcadia Queen. No, it was a terrific performance.
Dan Malecki, your, your favourite day on stakes day. True Self was too strong, of course, to take out the Queen Elizabeth. Back-to-back victories in that race for the Irish Mayor, trained by one of the legends of the sport worldwide in, in Willie Mullins. Yeah, it was. It was a very impressive. The way she picked herself yep. up got into a bit of trouble at the top of the straight. Uh, Mickey Felgate, he, he knows how to get emotion out of people. You just have to mention their kids when they're not with you. And, <laughs> you know, so I, yep. I, I sort of thought he, he drew on a bit of experience uh, to... To, to draw that out, didn't he? Mention my kids to me now and see if I get emotional. <laughs> oh, well, if, after you won a big one, it's the yeah. a, a group one. It's the only thing missing because normally they would have either been here with him because they yep. could have come over for a couple of days or be back at home. Today's racing, the the two, the bivouac was outstanding and Arcadia mm. Queen, fantastic. I, I'll I'll remember really fondly watching those two horses, probably at the absolute top of their games. It reminds me of 2005 um, Australian Cup. Newmarket Day, there was the, 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 not quite the match race set up, but Alingi versus Fastnet Rock, which was a bit bivouac nature yeah. strip. Alingi won that one. And the, the Elstrom Maccabi Diva set up in the Australian yeah. Cup that day, of which today's race with the two mares, Arcadia Queen yeah. over, uh, Melody Bell. So there was a bit of a, a likeness and the, the common denominator of, with all that. They're four super horses in 2005 and four super horses in 2020. Well done to to the VRC Racing Victoria. It was a cup carnival in 2020 that we won't ever forget. For the first time, no crowds. It's been a tough year for everybody. But once again, racing showed how resilient it is. And there's so many wonderful stories, as we've discussed with this Cup Week review. And I can't wait to do it all again in 2021. And Daniel, you've been superb. It'll look a bit different in 2021, hopefully, Gareth, and that's what we're hoping. Maddie Stewart, look forward to reading your work once again throughout um, um, as you dissect racing as we head towards 2021's Melbourne Cup Carnival. It'll come around pretty quickly. It will, it will. Thank you, and thank you, Daniel and Danny.